take a short break. Today we were studying the the Revi of a portion of Ayeshev. And it's a, uh, a long story, but it's a very puzzling story. Uh, so basically, uh, Yehuda was demoted by his brothers. He was a leader amongst his brothers. Um, he had leadership qualities. And earlier, he told his brothers who wanted to kill Yosef that instead of killing him in the pit, they might as well, what kind of money are we going to gain from that? So they decided that instead of that, they're going to um, sell him. Instead, and they made some money. Medrash says they bought some shoes with the, the that they uh, that they got. Everybody got themselves a pair of shoes. But in any event, it looks like it's not something just uh, now and nowadays. You know, we find we blame uh, somebody else all the time. You know, nobody wants to take responsibility after something happens. And uh, the brothers saw that uh, Yaakov was in such tremendous pain from the sale. Of, of Yosef, and they all felt bad. So again, the blame. So they blamed it on, on Yehuda. They blamed it. So Yehuda, you told us to sell him. If you would have only told us to bring him back home, we would have listened to you. So it's your fault. So they demoted him. So anyway, so the, the, the story goes that over there he gets, he gets married, and he has three sons, and he takes a wife for his elder son, and he dies, so he says, okay, now let the brother marry that woman, uh, like the Yibum, Liverite marriage. And he also dies. So now it's already two times dead. So he says, you know what, I'm afraid this woman, all of her husbands die. I'm afraid this is my last son. <laughs> two of his sons died already. So he was afraid for Shelah, who was the third son, he was afraid for him to marry her. So he sort of said, sit till he gets older, you know. But he had no intention, Rashi says to uh, the, 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 the Pasuk, it's Mashman, that he doesn't have any intention of really giving up. And as time passed on, and uh, Tamar, who was the wife, uh, figured out that uh, he wasn't uh, going to uh, give her Shelo to marry. So she sits on the uh, side, pretends to be a, a harlot, and Yehuda has a uh, intimacy with her over there. And she asks him, what are you going to pay me for this? And he uh, says what he's going to give her, the goats. And the, uh, but he says he wants it a collateral, and he gives her his, his signet and his cloak and his stick. So she holds on to that collateral. And, you know, and actually she conceived from that encounter. And later on, you know, Melech HaMashiach comes from that because the two sons, Zarech and Paretz and Zarech, later on, eventually, who, from that comes King Mashiach. But in the Chomesh, it says that all of a sudden, after, after this act, she went back home, she put on her garments of widow, and word comes out to Yehuda to tell her that your daughter-in-law, Tamar, is pregnant. And if she's pregnant, she must have had... Uh, a relationship with somebody. She was intimate with somebody over there. And what does he say? He says she should be birthed. 
penalty is Sreifa. Rashi says, why Sreifa? Rashi says she was the daughter of a Kohen. Well, uh, a daughter of a Kohen in Halacha, we don't have the Halacha that a daughter of a Kohen gets Sreifa if she's a Shemeris Yobam or if she's uh, waiting to for Livrag marriage. There's no, no, no such Halacha in the Torah. But he says you should be burnt. Okay, so she says, she sends back, and she sends him the collateral. Uh, originally, Huda went back to try to pay her for what he promised her and collect his, his, uh, his, uh, the collateral that he gave her, but couldn't find her because, of course, she left. But it's a good thing that she secured those uh, items, the collateral, so she sends, and she didn't want to embarrass you, just tell him straight out, well, you're the one, you're the father of my children. So she says to him, basically, the one who uh, owns these, uh, these things, the cloak and the signet and the stick, that's the one who is the father of, the, of these children, of the twins that I'm carrying. And Yehuda admitted, and she said, Sot she wasn't going to say out, she would even allow herself to be burnt, as the Gemara says, a person should rather fall into a furnace and not embarrass somebody. The whole story is very perplexing. And I guess we don't have the time allotment to really go through all the details. But first of all, why did she deserve death, number one? And number two, the, the real question is, and why if it's Yehuda, then it's okay. I mean, if, if the act itself is something which is, um, which is a prohibited act. So what, how do we explain this in the very simple level? So the Rebbe explains it in the, one of the sikhs. The Rebbe explains, just going to say the one point. The Rebbe says that it's very hard to know exactly what the rules were. Rashi brings down several times that the nations after the flood, after the Mabu, Godru Atsuma Min Harayis, they said that they're not going to have promiscuous relationship. But what exactly is defined by a promiscuous relationship? Which kind of, what are the penalties, and how does this, how does this exactly work? So the truth of the matter is, we don't really know. There is no record of it. There is no rules that we can follow and say, doing this gets you this part. It's really what they accepted upon themselves. This was really something that the nations themselves, they decided the various different things the way that we should have done. So we don't have any real way of knowing what it is, only by reading in the Chumash, you know, what, what, what happens. So in this case, you know, we know, we read earlier about Shechem. Over there, she was abducted. You know, it was against her will. So over there, we see that the entire city of Shechem were killed later on by uh, Shimon Levi. But here, we don't know. So the only way we find out is because we read in the Pasuk. So, as it turns out, uh, and before also, Rashi pointed out, when Rashi says, uh, when Yaakov says, what did you do? You killed the whole city, I mean, you say Mispar, they're going to come and they're going to all wipe us out. So, what did they answer? They said, yasu So, Rashi writes over there, should we make her Hefker? Should our, should our sister be like Hefker, ownerless, you know, just everybody can do with her as they please? And that was the end of the conversation there before. So the Rebbe learns that 
the prohibition against, there couldn't be just generally, uh, uh, in those days, it was a single person, a single man and a single woman, and they wanted to be intimate amongst themselves in a consensual way, as they say today. Uh, that wasn't a prohibited act. That wasn't an act of a Noahite prohibited act. So just the fact, she didn't risk when she went out there and that she wanted to have uh, intimacy with Yehuda. She wasn't risking uh, her life with that, which presumably she wouldn't do it, because that would not be punishable by the death penalty. That wouldn't be punishable by that. The only thing is, Rashi says, but she was the daughter of shame, who was a Kohen. She had a status of a Kohen, which means that it may be acceptable for other women, not that there's halacha, not because there's a liverite, as some of the Mephorshim want to explain, not in the Pshutu Shal Mikra, the simple meaning of the Pasuk, there wasn't really a, a, an obligation of her, because the fact that two of her husbands have already died, she wasn't actually allowed to marry the next one, and since he wasn't going to uh, let her marry, so she wasn't really connected. She was free. She wasn't really connected. He didn't have, she didn't have, once she realized that he wasn't really going to give her Shayla, she wasn't waiting. The whole idea of a live, live right marriage is she has to wait for the person to marry her. In this case, he wasn't going to marry her. So she was free, technically. The only thing is, this whole uh, relationship of two single people from consensual intimacy, that was something which could be acceptable to others, but not for a daughter of shame. Daughter of shame. And that's why when Yehuda find out, found out about it, he says, because she had a status and had a special level, unlike everybody else. But at the end, when he finds out, no, she wasn't a harlot. She wasn't a um, hefker. She didn't just allow herself. She didn't do this for a living uh, to be out there. She only allowed herself to be together with Yehuda. That's why he says, Sotka. She's actually righteous, and Hashem declares me many. It was for me that Hashem made this whole plan. So basically, uh, while if she did an act uh, of Znus, that would be something that would be punishable for somebody, a daughter of shame, with the, uh, with the burning, with the death penalty. But since this wasn't an act of hefker, this wasn't an act of znus, there was basically a consent with a specific individual, uh, then there was no actual penalty for that. There was no penalty at all because that was consensual. And for the Bnei Noyach, that was uh, fine and that was okay. And there was no real sin committed. But what we see from here is, as the Pasuk says, Hashem said that this is the old destined for me because sometimes the greatest levels of Kedusha, the greatest, highest level, have to be come through you have to take the darkness, the almost pushing the, the envelope, pushing it to the edge, and then bringing about sometimes the highest neshamas, the highest, greatest uh, levels that later on developed into Melech HaMashiach, the King of David, and all the uh, greatest uh, leaders that we had needed to come about 
in a disguised way. It couldn't be in an open way, in a direct way. So sometimes when you uh, look at a certain situation and you want to criticize it, you want to be critical of it, you want to judge it, you have to stop and say to yourself, and you say, you know what, we don't really know fully all the time, you know, what's buried underneath it and what's really the spark, what's going to uh, manifest from it and come out and uh, leave the judgment up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Let Hashem be the judge. And for us to pray and hope that Hashem will show us in the right way and to lead a kosher and a holy life and a life of purity, a life of holiness and of service to Hashem.